Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Bereshah's Shlishi, the third Aliyah of Parashas Bereshah. This Aliyah is a sad Aliyah. It's about the downfall of humanity. It is 27 Sukkim long running from Perik Bey's Pasuk Chav to Perik Gimel, Pasuk Chav Aleph. And the basic summary is, we pick up from where we left off yesterday, in that Adam Arishon has now just been tasked with naming all the animals of the field. And he does so, he names all of them, but he could not find an Ezer Kenegdai, he could not find a companion. Hashem then puts him to sleep, and as he sleeps, he ta- Hashem takes one of his sides, takes, it takes the bone, and forms from it Isha, the, the woman. And she is called such as she is extracted from Ish. And when he wakes up, he says, Zosapam, this time, Etzematzamai, my own flesh, my own bones, I therefore he calls her Isha. And at this point in time, the Torah describes a very, very important formula, a human being is going to grow up and going to leave their parents of Dovak and cleave to their spouse. It's going to be this transformation from being a child to being a procreator, from being a, a, a one who is nursed to one who gives nursing, and they will be, form a union. And it describes how the two of them were naked, and they were not embarrassed, they were not shamed of being embarrassed. At this point in time, we hear now in chapter 3, Perigimel, we hear about the Nachash. The Nachash is also Arum. Arum here means deceptive. And he goes over to the, to the woman and he asks her, what, are you not allowed to eat from the fruit of the garden? And Chava says, well, it, it, she's, her name is not Chava yet, her name is Isha. And she says, we may eat from all the, pre, the fruit of the garden, but we may not touch or eat from this, this specific tree unless we die. So he says, no, you're not going to die. Rather, Hashem is concerned, God is concerned that perhaps you'll be too powerful if you eat from this tree. And she looks at the tree and uh, she says, you know, maybe maybe it, it, it does look very nice. And so she eats from it, she takes from it, she eats from it, she gives it to Adam and that he also eats without questioning. Their eyes were opened and they realized that they were, in, they were actually naked and they make clothes for themselves. At this point in time, God looks for them and searches for them through the garden. They are scared and they hide. At which point, HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls to Adam and says, Ayako, where are you? Obviously, God knows where Adam is. It's a question which gives Adam the feeling as if there's a possibility of God not knowing, which gives that, that veil of independence. And, uh, and Adam summarily blames Isha for eating and she blames the Nachash and then punishments are meted out. First, the snake is, loses its legs and its speech and is going to eat dust the rest of its life. Then we hear about the punishment, between, and it, it's going to have this terrible angst and um, difficult relationship with Isha, with the, with the woman and her progeny. Then we hear about the woman, is she's going to harba arbe itzvaneich v'heraneich. There's going to be pain in the childbirthing process, and the el Isha t'shukoseth, there's going to be an unbalance of power in the man-woman relationship. And finally, to Adam, we, we hear about the cursed ground to him, and he's going to have to work really hard and sweat and not produce too much through the ground and ultimately return to it because that's where he was taken from it. At which point in time, Adam at the end of this calls his wife Chava because she is the mother of all life, and Hashem makes special clothes um, to, to cover Adam and Chava. Very, very uh, complex aliyah. Obviously, so much to talk about. A few basics, and with this, we will hold today. First basic is, what did Chava get wrong? What did she do which was different? So Rashi points out that she added an additional detail to the command which was not there before. On the, uh, when Adam was cre- uh, commanded not to eat, he was only commanded not to eat. She adds not to touch. Rashi comment, quotes Chazal that the snake 
therefore pushed her, allowing her to touch the tree, realizing then that it wasn't so bad, and then she failed by actually eating. So by adding something which wasn't actually germane, and seeing it as part of the very same rule, that was already a mistake. Rav Meir Simcha Devinsk in the Meshachachma says it was actually a little different. If you look very carefully back to the previous Aliyah, and you see the actual command, there were actually two commands. The first command was to eat from all the trees of the garden. That includes 99.9% .9 of all the trees in the world. There's one tree that you cannot. So essentially there are two commands, positive and negative. When she repeats and she reports that command to the snake, she says we may eat from all the trees, but we may not eat from that tree. In other words, she did not view the first command as a command, rather simply just permission. That permission that she received, therefore, was only neutral. We may eat from the rest of the, tree, the trees in the garden. If you see the entire reality as being something which is only neutral or negative, we may eat from the rest of the fruit, but only, and in this particular case, we, we may not, then it's very unlikely you're going to live up to keeping that rule. If all of reality that you see that God has given you is neutral or negative, it's very hard to hold with that. Her mistake was misunderstanding that God's first command was enjoy the world. I want you to enjoy the creation I've given you. Here is a proviso. Here's the rules. But the vast majority is all the positivity which I'm commanding you to do. That was something she was lacking and perhaps lacking the positive commandments and realizing it was a positive command, a command. Therefore, educationally and psychologically, but also spiritually, therefore, did not offer her the protection necessary to be able to, uh, to survive the encounter with a snake. Now, what was a snake? Why is he talking? And what is this whole business about? So, Rav Hirsch makes a very interesting point. He, he quotes a, he makes a, a, a few very, very salient points. Rabbi Foreman actually turns this, this Rav Hirsch into half of a book called The, Creature, the, the Beast That Creature Crouches at the Door. And it goes as follows. The word Chayasa Sadeh, animals of the field, appears only two places. And that is when describing the naming of all the animals and the description of the snake. The snake is the most cunning of all the animals of the field, indicating that the story leading up to the naming of the animals and the story of the snake are actually connected. Another example is um, the word Arum, to describe the nakedness of um, Adam and Chava, is used to describe the deceptiveness or the cunningness of the snake. And they're actually opposite meanings. The word Arum, naked, means everything is there. You, there's nothing hiding. Deceptive means there's much which is hiding. How can the same word be used to psukim back to back to refer both to humanity and the snake, meaning opposite ideas? So the idea is, is, is as follows, is that when Adam was going to have a companion, Hashem says, I want you to first name all of the animals of the field. And what that means to say, Rashi even says it meant engaging in intimate relationship. That did not mean to say bestiality. That meant to say is human beings understand you are not the mate of anything else in the world. You are not an animal. You are not going to act like an animal. You're not going to decide like an animal because I can speak to you and I don't speak to animals said God. And only once you realize that, when you see that all the animals are and are not you, then at that point in time, you can now afford, you can understand what a real companion is, a human being. But it seems that not all the animals were happy with this, because there was an animal which was as close to a human being as possible, but still an animal. It could walk, it could talk. It was, a, it was an animal which was almost like a human being, and that was called the snake. God created this to question the very actual definition of what it meant to be a human being. This animal was also from Chayasa Sadeh, which Adam had just finished naming and rejecting essentially, and now came to um, Adam and even asked the following basic question. You see, how does an animal serve God? What does an animal need to do in order to serve its creator? Well, 
God created an algorithm called instinct. That instinct is, if it's now time to eat, if it's now time to sleep, if it's now time to reproduce, that listening to that instinct, obeying to that instinct, is actually an expression of godliness because God created that algorithm. So the snake turns to, 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 to Isha and says to her, does it look good? Do you feel like you want this fruit? Because when I say, when I have that inner voice which says instinctually, it looks good and I eat it, I'm doing what God wants. Why don't you do the same thing? Now the difference is because human beings were given the neshama, they were given a soul, which could therefore allow them to listen to an external voice of God, a command, which the snake didn't have. Is this question to, to, to Isha, is it actually cunning, is it deceptive, or is it upfront, is it naked? The answer is it's both. This is true of animals. If Chava was an animal, if the Isha was an animal, then yes, just doing what her instinct told her to do would in fact be what is right. But she's not, which is why it's deceptive, which differentiates her from an animal, which differentiates her from a snake. What was happening over here was the very difference, the very meridian which separates human beings from animals, and that's what's being explored in this aliyah. Their failure to understand that was what required more differentiation. Um, another question to consider in this is that it seems that they didn't have the knowledge, the das tovara at the beginning. But if they didn't have knowledge, then how could they be expected to make a decision not to or to eat from this tree? The Rambam in the beginning of Moira Nebuchim, as explained by the Nefesh Shachayim, and later on by Rav Desla, explains the following. It wasn't that they didn't have knowledge. Of course they had knowledge and they could, and they could make free choices. They had free will. They just didn't have Yadas Tovara. What does that mean? Well, before the sin, they had the knowledge of true and false. Those are the only two descriptions to anything. God said it, it's true. God said not, it's false. It is objective, black or white. It is an objective reality, not subjective. When they ate from the tree of knowledge, the word das means connection. They now introduced into the equation two more variables called good and bad. Good and bad are not objective, they're relative. What is good for me is not good for you. What is bad for me may not be good for you necessarily, bad for you as well. It tastes good, well, that's me. It smells good, well, that's me. That is the way I perceive reality. Human beings now had to start looking at the reality of the world around them, not just about good, true and false, binary, black or white. They had to start saying, well, is it good for me or not? Through the perspective and the, the lens of self, through the perception of what it means to me, relative subjectivity, and that made it much harder. Human beings choose, Adam and Chava chose to introduce into the reality a much more complex version of reality in order to serve God even through that. God didn't want that. Hashem did not want them to choose a more difficult obstacle course. He wanted a simple obstacle course. Human beings thought they could serve God through choosing a more complex obstacle course, and that was their mistake as well. Finally, what are all these punishments about that, 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 that specifically Adam and Chava receive? The Malin points out that it's a struggle with the world of the material, the world of the world around us being much more complex than it used to be. Whether it be the cultivation of humankind, whether it be the relationship with the earth, It'll be difficult, it'll be painful, it'll not be as productive as it could and should have been because we altered the balance of the material to the spiritual. That's the way Malibu sees it. Finally, one last question. Why now at this point, at the end of all of this, does Adam now call his wife Chava, not Ish? The Rachama Kodesh explains very simply, and that is, at this point in time, although he would be the father of all life, because of the pain necessary to create future life for the woman, she therefore really was the mother of all life because it was through her pain that the world would continue. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.